Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Sporlin HVACR podcast. I hope your summers are going well. I know we've been crazy busy here, so we want to get back on track. Today we're going to talk about our expansion valves and primarily the nomenclature. I know our nomenclature isn't always as intuitive as possible, so hopefully this will help. Unfortunately, we haven't come out with a universal mechanical expansion valve that can handle every single application. So as the requirements change for the connection type, for refrigerants, for internal versus externally equalized expansion valves between conventional ported, balance ported, valves with bleed ports, uh, different applications being cooling, being low temp, being medium temp, and of course all the different capacities, different tonnages of these systems the expansion valves are going to change with it. And with Sporling being now an 85-year-old company, we've had hundreds if not thousands of expansion valves throughout the years. And so we've tried to maintain a consistent nomenclature to make it easy to distinguish key features of an expansion valve. Now I'll put a link in the show notes to our Sporland 10-10 catalog, which is our TXV book. And the first thing I want to show you is on page three of that bulletin. Right at the top is our standard valve nomenclature. And reading it from left to right, the five main inputs that we have to complete a full TEV part number. Number one is the body type. Now the body type can be one letter, it could be two letters, or it could be three letters. This is going to dictate maybe it's the body material, the connection type, if it's balance poor or not. The second portion of the nomenclature is the Sporlin refrigerant code. So each refrigerant has its own designated code. Uh, that makes it easy for when a contractor is working on expansion valve and gives us the part number, we can typically know what type of refrigerant is inside of the system. So, for example, 410A, our designated letter is a Z. And after the refrigerant code, we have our equalizer. If we have an internal equalizer, this portion will be blank. There will be nothing present. If there is an external equalizer, then we will have an E there. Following the external equalizer, we have a dash, to the right of that dash, now we have our nominal capacity in tons. And I've talked about this in a prior episode, but just remember, nominal capacity is what the valve is tested for under ASHRAE conditions. So that is a 40 degree evaporator, a 100 pound pressure drop, and a 100 degree liquid. So that is very similar to AC conditions. And that's why typically you can get by by using the nominal capacity for actual capacities when it comes to air conditioning. So just remember as you differ from those conditions, 40 degree evaporator away from a 100 pound pressure drop away from a 100 degree liquid, that is when the actual capacity of the valve will change and you will need to check this. And the fifth column after the second dash, after that nominal capacity, is going to be the thermostatic charge. 
So that is what is going to tell you if this isn't for air conditioning, if it's for commercial temp, which would be like a cooler, medium temp, low temp, or even ultra low temp. Now, I say those are the five main parts of the valve nomenclature, yet there's still some columns left. Um, there's still four more columns to the right of the thermostatic charge, but all of that is the connection sizing, the inlet by outlet by external equalizer size if you have one, and then how long of a capillary tube you need to your sensing bulb. But I want to continue on those five main criteria. If you can get these five main criteria, then you can pick your own expansion valve. And one of the coolest things that a longtime employee showed me is an easy way to read our nomenclature is honestly to read it from right to left. And primarily the reason why that is, is because of the body type, which is up front. I mentioned that that body type could be one letter, it could be two letters, and it can even be three letters. And so without familiarity of our body types, then you can get lost in the nomenclature easy and quickly. Then you get frustrated and you give up. And so that is why I like to teach it from right to left. You start with the thermostatic charge, then you have a dash before it, then your nominal capacity, then before that is another dash, then you look for an E if it's externally equalized, no E there if not, then your refrigerant code, and before your refrigerant code, if it's one letter, if it's two letters, if it's three letters, that is the body type. And so I'll add a little bit of information on each of these sections. If you're still looking at Sporlin Bolton 10-10, starting on page 9 is our quick reference guide. So that highlights all of the body types that we have. It will tell you what page you can find more information on. It gives you a quick description and application, what the nominal capacity ranges are for the valve, and the different connection types that it has. So that's a good tool to, to use. For refrigerant codes, that's all right there in the nomenclature. And I just wanna point out that there are colors next to the refrigerants as well. Uh, so if you're familiar with our expansion valves, if you've seen the stickers on our power heads, or if you've even seen our expansion valve boxes, they have different colors. And each of those colors, again, represents a refrigerant. Next, with the external equalizer or internal equalizer, again, we look at the external equalizer to account for pressure drop if you have a distributor, if you have a larger system where you have a pressure drop across your evaporator. Nominal capacity, we've talked about that. And for thermostatic charge, back on page 3 of Bolton 10-10, right under the nomenclature is recommended thermostatic charges. So use this chart if you need to pick your thermostatic charge. It works pretty simple. Along the left column, you have your applications, whether it be air conditioning, commercial refrigeration, also known as medium temp, your low temp, and then extreme low temp at the bottom. You find your refrigerant across the top. You find where they intersect, and you have a couple options. So some of the most common nomenclature that you see if a charge ends in a GA, 
that means to me general air conditioning if it ends with a P and a number again that is a pressure limiting and I covered that in a previous episode if you need some clarification on when to use a pressure limiting power head please let me know now for commercial temp medium temp a cooler temp is how I like to remember it you'll have a C in that charge for low temp it will be a Z and anything beyond that negative 40 degree Fahrenheit and below you'll use an X for that charge so I hope that clarified some of our nomenclature I know it gets a little fuzzy Um, I'm gonna be doing a webinar on it so hopefully we can share that with the public and if you have any questions feel free to leave it on our Facebook page just search Sporlin and if you haven't already seen it we have a new size and select tool on our website so check out Sporlin.com and look for the tab to Sporlin virtual engineer it's a great tool all on the website anyone can use it and it'll help you size a whole system if you really need to all right thanks for your time have a good one